Isaiah 7 and 14, one of many prophecies about the Messiah says that the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and you will call his name Emmanuel. It didn't say anything about what status the virgin was from. What, what class of people. It didn't say she had to be poor. It didn't say she was going to be from a rich family. It, it just simply said that a virgin was going to conceive. And then in Micah chapter 5, verse number 2, it says, But thou, Bethlehem, Ephrata, though thou be little, Among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me, that is, to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. The Living Bible says, verse 2, this way, O Bethlehem, you are but a small Judean village, yet you will be the birthplace of my king who is alive from everlasting ages past. It's not going to be born in a great mega city. If it was 2022 and Jesus was being born, it would, it would be probably something like your, your old, old, old deal or old shady side. Not, not New York City, not Washington, not Los Angeles, not Chicago, just some lesser known, less significant from a, from a worldly perspective, less significant of a place. And then to top it all off, not only is it going to be in, in this town that is nothing significant about it compared to others that's it's it's so small among so many others again the king james says that little among the thousands of judah just just this small insignificant place it's kind of like you ever driven through one of those towns it's like don't blink one stoplight town. Some of them is not even a one stoplight town. It's a one blinking light town. I, I think that would kind of be the context of Bethlehem for us today. And 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 then, and then the 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 spot, the spot that the Savior was going to be born in. It it it. It wasn't enough that it was this small, insignificant town, but there was no room in all the five-star places. None of, none of, none of the locations that, were, that would be considered to be fit for the birth of royalty, none of them were, none of them were even available. And so the, the king of kings that's, 
being born into this world ends up being born in a in a stable. And his crib is a is a manger. Having gone through the birth of four kids, there was there was lots of planning and preparation that happens. You don't, you know, you 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 don't have a baby unexpectedly. I mean, I, I I realize that actual due date or something, but you know, you're you're not all of a sudden out of nowhere. Oh, I'm having a baby. You you've known for months and months, and you're planning and preparing, and you're getting things in order, and 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 I I guess something about that the first one, if you've had more than one child, something about that first one, because you know that that first experience uh, it is is. You've never been through it before, and then, you know, if you keep having them, it's, it's still a unique experience, a wonderful experience, but you have a little more idea of what to expect. There, there were, we were told, and I guess it was for everyone, but I, I think it just kind of stands out the first time, you know, a couple of, I think we were told a couple of weeks in advance we were supposed to have the car seat in the car. We were supposed to have a bag ready to go, my wife's bag of clothes, and clothes to bring the baby home in because we, we knew the time was coming because, again, the actual day or the moment of delivery might sort of creep up on you unexpectedly, but the idea that a baby is coming is not an unexpected thing. Mary and Joseph were the same way. They knew a baby was coming. She had all the evidence that any other pregnant mom has. And yet, in spite of all of that, they end up in a, in a stable. The most, the most unlikely of places for the birth of anyone other than the cattle, the sheep. It's not, it's not the place you choose to birth a baby. And especially doesn't seem like the place to choose to birth God who was robing himself in flesh. It was in a, it was in a stable. It was, it was in a manger. It was in a smelly, dirty unattractive place. I don't know if there is. I, I, it, it hasn't come to mind and, or I've just missed it. I, I don't know of anything. I, I don't, there's no prophecies of the Messiah that stand out to me that say what the conditions were supposed to be. It, I, Isaiah said a virgin is going to bring forth. A, a virgin is going to conceive and she's going to have a son. And, and, we, and, we know it's, and we know Bethlehem. Micah tells us in Bethlehem is where it's going to happen. But, but beyond that, I don't know of anything that, that foretold or necessitated that it had to be in the circumstances that it was in. A stable, a manger. Why? Unannounced to most of the world. Why there? Why, why not in a, in a nice house? Why not in a palace? I mean, I don't know of anything that 
would have prevented the virgin from being the, the daughter of a king, the daughter of a wealthy person who had the ability to provide the means for a, a, a lovely, wonderful place to birth a child. But it was a stable and a manger. Why? Why? I think the basic reason is this. He came for a lot of different reasons, and I that we could give, came to save us. But one of the one of the main reasons to me he came is because he wanted to be able to live in us. He didn't want to live in temples that were made with hands. It wasn't a tabernacle that was in the wilderness. It wasn't a beautiful temple that Solomon built or any other temples that were built that were that 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 man made. That's not where he wanted to dwell. He ultimately wanted to dwell inside of you and I. So here's here's to me why the basic reason he came. In a stable and in a manger. Because the only place to go from there is up. Anybody ever gone on vacation somewhere, especially now with with Airbnb and Verbo and other things you can use. You you look at the pictures and you read the reviews and it all sounds great, but but you walk in and you find out that that they were very strategic in the pictures they took. Sometimes you go back and you look again and you think that actually is a photograph copy and pasted from a magazine. That kind of amazing, but we believe everything that the reviewers say. How do you know they're even real people? It's got five stars. I, I've stayed a few places. The Grossbach, the missionary here, has shared some of his stories in the past. I, I've had a chance to experience a couple of them. I, I got to stay in a, in, a, in a house in a village in the Amazon with, with no electricity, no running water. The, the shower was, uh, was, a, was a, 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 a water tank with half a coconut shell. I promise you, that's, that's not how I live. But the only place to go from the manger was, was up. And I think the reason he did that is because, you know, if, if, I, if, if I'm going to, if I want to spend some time with you, and, and in my opinion, whether it's true or not, and, but in my opinion, if, if, you are, if you are more well off than I am. If you live in a nicer house than I live in. If you live in a better neighborhood than I do. I'm probably not going to invite you to my house. 
we're going to spend some time together, I'm probably going to find a restaurant somewhere that we can go to. Because if I perceive that you coming to my house is a step down for you, I'm going to be really reluctant to invite you to come and dwell with me. Some people do it. Some people push past the the, the feelings of inferiority, the feelings of, let's call it really what the main thing it is. Push past the pride. So, you know, it... it uh, my house may not be as nice as yours. I, I may not live in as nice of a neighborhood, but I, I want you to come over to my house. I, I'm inviting you over. We, you you got to press past some things to do that. But from an, And I'm speaking naturally from a natural perspective. Needless to say, this is not the way it should be biblically and as children of God, as, as Christians. But if, if, I, if I think... If I think I'm, you know, financially, quality of life, standard of living is a little higher than yours, I, I'm going to be a little less reluctant to invite you to come. If, if he would have came in a palace, if he would have showed up in the circumstances he deserved. How many of us would struggle to feel like you want some place to dwell? You want a place to live? You need a temple to dwell in? If he'd have come, if he'd have come in the nicest of surroundings and settings because the truth of the matter is most of us still struggle with it anyway that we're not we're not good enough we're but just just think and i know we've heard it as all of us adults here especially we've heard it all of our lives we've heard this story not just at christmas time as as believers we understand the importance all year long of the birth of jesus Of course, we go beyond the birth to the death and the resurrection, the birth, the death, the burial, the resurrection. All of those things are. I got a question this evening. Is there anybody here tonight that compared to a stable and a manger that what you have to offer as a place for him and I know, I, to my knowledge, I, I, I'm not, well, we have some, I guess some of you tonight would be considered guests. You don't come here all the time, but we, we talking to anybody tonight that's really that unfamiliar. I don't know about you, but with all of my faults and flaws and failures, Sister Angie, it's, it's better than a stable. It's, it's better than a manger for a, for a crib. I think he intentionally chose that place in spite of what he deserved. 
because he wanted everyone to know if I was willing to be born here, if I was willing for this to be the place I made my entry into the world, whatever you have to offer me as a place to reside, it's better than where I started. It's an improvement on where I began. Just a, just a stable and a manger. No crib for a bed. First, the good news is, for all of us, we, we're, <laughs> we were made in His image after His likeness. The world uses mostly the wrong things to measure success. To assign value and worth to us, and these are just these are these are lovely decorations, beautifully wrapped packages. But I got a question: How many of you this evening, if you had a choice between this beautifully wrapped box with this beautiful bow? If, if I was offering you that, or I had just an old brown paper bag, wrinkled, maybe even torn in a few spots, but inside of it was the gift you've been longing to get, which, which one would you choose? I'm very appreciative to all the work and effort that was put into these beautiful packages, but they're all empty boxes. How many times do we judge ourselves by what looks like beautifully wrapped packages? And look in the mirror and feel like all we are is just raggedy old brown paper bags. Paul told us, Paul told it to us this way. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. I, I have become, hopefully first and foremost, Nathaniel, if you'll come. I, I, I have become first and foremost, I hope, by the help and grace of God. But I, I believe, if I could say it this way, I believe I have tried to intentionally do it more and more 
as a pastor, and that is come to the realization that there are certain days and holidays and times of the years that, that for some they are wonderful. They are fantastic times. But then there are others. It's not. Mother's Day, Father's Day, other days. And, and this, and I've said it several times now in the last month, I know it's for some of us, we consider this to be the most wonderful time of the year. We, we have, I have had, I as a dad have had a wonderful uh, 36 hours. We kicked off some things with our family Thursday night after the, 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 the fellowship, and, and we, 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 we've been doing various things since Thursday night. But as I look across this congregation this evening, I don't, I, I don't mean to, you know, when you've got a something, you got a cut that hurts, the last thing you want is somebody poking it. So, but I realize there's some of you that you're going to, you're going to leave here this evening, Christmas Eve, and you're not going. There's no festivities planned. There's no family get-togethers you're going to tonight. Tomorrow's, some of you, it might just be you. Can I, can I challenge you and encourage you this evening? Don't let all of what appears beautifully wrapped packages social media posts of what appears to be perfect, wonderful lives to cause you to think you're pointless, worthless. You have a treasure. I heard a story a couple of weeks ago. My wife and I were with an individual. I don't know if I can remember all the exact details, but but the story went something along these lines. The individual was telling us about when they were a child. And they had a friend at school whose parents were getting divorced. She was like in, I think, first or second grade, six or seven years old, somewhere in that. Maybe a little bit older, but not much. And she was she was very disheartened by her friend's circumstances and and she went through all kinds of effort, and, and uh, she lived in a single-parent family and low-income housing. And, and she, she went, I, I don't remember exactly what all she went and did, but she went through a bunch of effort to, like, get gifts or something or other for this, this friend of hers, only to deliver what she had worked so hard and sacrificed so much to get to show up to this beautiful house and this amazing neighborhood. She said that as just a young child, she came to the understanding that it's not where I live. It's not the house I have that determines joy and happiness. Because she realized that she had some things like that that this friend of hers did not have. 
I know some of you are, you're like mansions. You've got it all together. Anybody would want to live inside of you if they were God. (laughs) But most of us, we don't feel like we're mansions. Some of us don't even feel like we're tents. But if he was willing to start in a stable and in a manger, he was trying to tell every one of us, you are enough. You're enough. Because the fact that you and I were made in his image means we're not just a, you know, a nice or a slight step above a stable and a manger. It's, it's more than that. Why don't you just bow your head and close your eyes for a moment if you would. Jesus... You have responded this evening to our worship in such a wonderful way. Lord, as we began to worship you this evening, you, your presence moved into this room. You responded to our worship. And Lord, I, I believe there's some people here tonight that while some of us are in the middle of enjoying a wonderful time and the holidays and all the great things we've done already and plans we still have, that, that there's some people that need to be reminded, Lord, that no matter how they see themselves, no matter, no matter what measurements they use to judge themselves by, no matter what standards they may be comparing themselves to, that They're a place that you are willing to dwell. And not just a place that you're willing to dwell. We are a place, each one of us are a place that you desire to dwell in. Help us tonight, Lord. I pray, God, that as we are in the midst of... Many of us in the midst of enjoying the festivities of the holiday season, don't don't let us forget the amazing gift that we have of your presence, not just abiding with us. Lord, it would be an amazing thing if your presence was just with us. Lord, you made a way that you could dwell in us. Thank you for that. Thank you tonight, Lord, for the privilege of knowing what it means to be a place for you to dwell. In the name of Jesus. Why don't you just stand, if you would, for a moment. We're almost done.
you do me a favor? Most of you, this won't be very difficult to do, but some of you may have to move just a little bit. But would you just reach over and join a hand or put a hand on the shoulder of somebody nearby you? And I just, I just want us to just take a moment here and presence of the Lord that's been in this place, just another moment here, another opportunity for Him to just touch some hearts and lives. I'm not, the last thing in the world I would want to be tonight would, would to be a wet, to be a wet blanket, but I just, I just, I'm not going to put anybody on the spot, we're not going to I don't think do anything more, do it in a different way than we're doing it right now. But I, I just feel a burden right now for some people that are in this place this evening that you're just, some of your circumstances and situations that you're in right now, they don't make all of this the most wonderful time of the year. I just feel like the presence of the Lord that's been here all evening just just wants to bring some peace to some hearts and minds, just some hope. Some hope that no matter where you are, no matter what your circumstances are, the same God that was willing to come be born in a stable, in an old smelly stable and Make his bed a manger. Is is the same God in this place tonight that is dwelling inside of you and I. The Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for sending a message to us, God. Thank you for making a statement to us by the way you came to let us know you're, you're more than willing to reside in any heart, any life that's open to you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you so much for being here this evening and sharing some time together. I pray that 
you have and will continue to have a blessed, peaceful time. Not blessings defined by the world's definition of blessings, but blessings based on what the Word of God declares blessings to be. In Jesus' name, God bless you. I hope and pray that you all have a Merry Christmas tomorrow. In Jesus' name.